What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, January 21st, and you're listening to episode 147, which is a special coaching changes episode of the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. I'm your host, Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. And as always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Game Time Hicks. You can find him on Twitter, Johnny underscore Game Time. What's going on, Johnny? How are you, man? Dude, I'm I'm really good. Can't keep it together over there. <laughs> I can't keep it. I'm sorry. I'm like crying right now because I just realized that in the show notes uh, that I was responsible for, uh, I changed the date uh, to the 21st, which is the correct date. But today is not Wednesday. Today is Thursday that we are recording this. So look, I'm like Ron Burgundy. I, if you put it in the teleprompter, I will read it. That's okay, that's what so, I was. I was saying. Uh, what's what's on the screen? Listen, I uh, listen. we, we could have just let it. We could have just let it go because technically, if you're watching this, it won't even be Thursday. It'll probably be Friday. Yeah, um, probably. So there's all that. Hey. You know, there's all you know. To, to hear us matter, out. To hear us out. All right. Listen. Humans, humans made up days. We're not even sure they exist. Okay, we just made them up because they, you know, we go around the sun and all that uh, stuff. But other than that, Johnny, how you doing today, man? I'm doing really awesome, Travis. I'm really excited to get back on the ones and twos. Uh, get some some content coming back out. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff that we're going to be going over the next few months. An exciting content calendar that we're going to be rolling out here that we're going to share with Whisper Nation. So that's that's really exciting. Got us really pumped for the off season. Yeah, before we jump into that calendar and kind of tell you guys what we've got planned here, if you want to follow the show, you should head on over to Twitter, uh, search at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram searching The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely w- visit our website, thefantasywhispers.com. Uh, we're going to start putting off-season articles out. I'm working on one right now, my top uh, 2020 most exciting players to watch. Um, so going to kind of highlight some 2020 guys that were very exciting for me to watch that I think you guys should keep an eye on for next year, of course. Uh, and it will depend on all their eight. Uh, their ADP, of course. Um, we've also got swag over on the site, and then you can pre-order the draft kit starting, uh, I think, probably in May. We'll probably let you start pre-ordering that draft kit for a discounted price. So all sorts of things. Make sure you're over there checking out the the fantasywhispers.com. And then if you would feel so inclined to support the show, head over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. But, Johnny, you talked about it a little bit. You alluded to it, what they call a tease in the business. We've got a new schedule for everybody. Obviously, if you followed us all year long, you're wondering where we kind of been. We did come back last week uh, with a mock draft, or this last Monday with a mock draft. Um, so we'll just walk you through the week here. On Monday, Johnny, we've got our mock draft Mondays. Okay, we're going to be going live, doing a mock draft on YouTube, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and that is going to be when we're going live for these mock drafts. Me, you, ARC, Austin Sear, as we like to call them. Uh, going to be going live with Whisper Nation, going through our mock drafts like we normally do. We can never get too many mock drafts, so we love pumping them out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Click those notifications. You'll join us there. Travis, I'm not going to lie. Before we go in, I, I know you're going to tell the rest of the lineup or what we're doing, but I, I saw on a different – I'm not going to name the podcast, but I saw on a different pot fantasy football podcast, and one of the hosts was like, Mock drafting. I don't like to mock draft. You guys know how I feel about that. It's a waste of time. And I was just blown away. I was like, how is it a waste of time? It's like practicing for a I quiz. I think I could guess who that was. You, you. I think I could guess who that was. But we're, we won't get into that. No, look. Yeah, you got to practice. I think you could. 
Um, I don't think you can mock draft too much. I think what you got to remember is ADP is going to change and, and, and actually helps by mocking more. So, you know, where guys are falling and, and not, but diversifying your platform and doing all those things is all, all great ways to do that. But yes, mock draft Mondays are back every Monday on YouTube, 3 PM Eastern uh, Thursdays. We're going to have our full podcast. Like you're listening to right now released. We're going to have a clip of that podcast put out on uh, YouTube as well. Um, and you know, another clip of that will be showing up on Saturday. So we're going to have some things for you. You know, if you missed the podcast, you can catch it over on YouTube and vice versa. And then we're really excited about this show flashback Fridays. We're going to do a live stream, me, Johnny game time, Hicks, ARC, Austin back, you know, the mock draft crew, but we're going to look back at our 2020 mock. Okay. So we're going to show clips of those mock draft marathons. Some of our most popular mock drafts that we did live on YouTube. And we might be able to get some guests on, too, that, that mocked with us last time and kind of put ourselves under the microscope and see what we did last year and how we feel about those takes this year. Johnny, I'm really excited about that show. Yeah, man, it, it should be a lot of fun looking back, seeing what we did, what we what we didn't do, where we could have uh, improved our strategy. Uh, you know, I, I, I just think that we don't do this enough in our industry, and we could greatly learn from it. I mean, it, it would make sense. I mean... NBA players, football players, they all all watch game tape uh, to see what they did and then what they could possibly do differently. Uh, so I think it, it's going to be a fun exercise. I'm excited to do it with Whisper Nation and do it live because it's always fun hanging out with uh, our peeps uh, on the live YouTube stream. So I'm excited for that. And, of course, I'm hanging with my buddies and people in the industry. So uh, what a better way to spend a Friday night than, than to do that. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Um, we have not decided a time on that just yet, but we will get that out to you when we do. Um, keep, just make sure you're subscribed over on YouTube and, and, and with us there, turn those notifications on. Then you'll know, um, and we'll try to keep consistent with that. But that is our off-season schedule. We're probably going to run that through to the draft. Um, we'll have some dynasty uh, shows and things of that nature. If you have questions, make sure you're always asking us on all the social media platforms, and we'll help you out there. But speaking of questions, Johnny... You got a little bit of a question of the day today for me? Yeah, I do. I have a question of the day for you as well as Whisper Nation. Uh, if you guys have an answer, leave it in the comments below. I'd love to uh, look at the answers and see, you know, B Big Travis and I can uh, run down some of the good ones. Um, but here's my my question for you, Travis. Keep trade cut. Who would you rather have take over your fantasy? We're in the offseason, so it's a, we'll, we'll say dynasty roster, okay? Who would you rather have take over your fantasy dynasty roster for one summer you got to keep one you got to trade one you got to cut one right bill o'brien adam gase or jeff fisher oh man well i'm gonna keep bill o'brien and the reason for that is say what you want about bill o'brien he actually put out some decent uh offensive numbers mm -hmm. Fantasy football is based solely on offense, uh, and he has produced – I mean, he did – in Deshaun Watson's rookie year, he did a hell of a job scheming that offense for Deshaun Watson, um, and I think he's had a lot of fun uh, pieces in his past. He may have traded them all away, but as a fantasy football GM, I like making trades too. Maybe not as bad as Bill O'Brien, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and keep Bill O'Brien. I'm going to trade Adam Gase, I guess. 
And the only reason I'm going to do that is because Adam Gase is actually still getting calls from NFL teams. Like Seattle is interested oh, in Adam Gase's OC. Wild. Uh, it's blasphemous, I know, but he is still – look, everybody outside of the NFL does not like Adam Gase. There are coaching staffs within the NFL. I mean, look at how long he stayed with the I, Jets. It's baffling. But apparently he is, you know, touted as, as a decent mind in the NFL. So uh, as, as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to trade him. I think he's got a little bit of value, at least amongst uh, some NFL sources. And then I'm cutting Jeff Fisher because he's been cut for a while. He's been sitting at home. He's the, you know, the prototypical eight and eight coach. Uh, I, I'm cutting Jeff Fisher. So you're you're not gonna uh you you're not gonna believe into anything he said when he put it put together Sean McVay's uh, Super Bowl team as he quote unquote likes to take credit Is that for what he said yeah yeah well he's not the GM yeah. so and he wasn't the GM when he was there either that's a good so point I don't know why he likes to say he put it together maybe yeah. he helped uh, the GM uh, put it together but I doubt it all right I like that I I think uh I think I would probably agree with you I think I would agree with those three. Well, we want to know what you think, Whisper Nation. Make sure you comment below if you're watching on YouTube and hit us up on social media if you are listening to the podcast. And make sure you're subscribed on all platforms. And now we're into the meat of the episode, Johnny, which is coaching changes. We thought we'd check back in with some of the stuff that has physically happened in the NFL. We've got a couple of hypothetical scenarios, obviously two uh, coaching positions still vacant, but we've got quite a bit of guys that we know are coming into there. So we thought – we test the waters here a little bit with Whisper Nation. We get a feel for what we think these guys will bring to the table. Obviously, a lot of these guys, as you'll hear us talk about, you know, these new head coaches are still assembling their staff. So we don't know exactly what some of these guys will exactly mean um, to the offense and to the skill position players that are important for fantasy. But we've got an idea of some stuff that we can be excited about. So, Johnny, why don't we start with Urban Meyer, probably the biggest name, probably the highest paid coaching acquisition. Um on one of the most exciting, you know, if you're looking for an optimist view, one of the most exciting rosters to be a coach of, and that's Urban Meyer, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, you've got, you know, arguably one of the most successful coaches in college football. A lot of people want to say, you know, it's him and Nick Saban as the two greatest college football coaches. And it's it's kind of funny to um, – try to think about and go down the rabbit hole of the speculation as to uh, why Urban Myers had decided to uh, make the leap from college when he was so successful uh, to the NFL. And, you know, I, he did come out and say that basically the only reason he was willing to do take the Jacksonville Jaguars side or uh, deal was because it's the perfect situation for him. Uh, if you're looking at it right, he's got uh, the highest amount of cap space. He's looking at not only the number one overall pick, which is going to be Trevor Lawrence, which is, uh, you know, been we've been waiting for years uh, for Trevor Lawrence to come out of college. He's one of the highest prospects at the quarterback position since like Andrew Luck or, or Peyton Manning. They're, they're saying he's that talented. Uh, and then, you know, he's, so not only does he have that first round pick, but then he, they always also have another first rounder and then two twos as well. And then they've got a bunch of other picks as well. Here's what the interesting thing is, Travis, um, when you look at him as a head coach, right? He's not necessarily going. He's not going to call the uh, the plays on either offense or defense. 
He is a, if you talk around people around the league, they'll tell you he is a raw, raw kind of guy. He's, you know, he's like game time. He's like game time when I come on the show. I'm a raw, raw type of, uh, of guy and I'll get you the best players, you know, hyped up on your team, right? Uh, well, that's Urban Meyer. So you look at the offensive coordinator. I think that's the key here. And a lot of people are speculating that's going to be Scott Linehan, who was the offensive coordinator uh, in Dallas, who had Zeke and, and, and Dak. And then he was also the offensive coordinator in Detroit back when they had Megatron and, uh, and they still have Matthew Stafford, right? So he's been on very productive offenses that have been able to move the ball. Now, has he been able to get the best potential out of those players? That could be argued, right? Um, there were some years where Ezekiel Elliott uh, was very efficient uh, under him, and so when you're looking about uh, looking at guys like DJ Chark and 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 Robinson, I think you've got to like the the outcome or outlook as of right now, as of recording this, Travis. What do you think? Yeah, so I love the things you hit on. So let's start with the you know rallier of men or the leader of men or the rah rah type of situation. If you're looking at the NFL as a whole, it's definitely morphed into more of a college-style game, especially with offenses tailoring to these players' skill sets. So presumably they take uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's your QB. You have 11 picks, as you alluded to. That's 11 young guys coming in, 11 rookies. So who better to lead this young group of men than a guy who is so skilled and so uh, you know proven in leading young college men? So I think that bodes well. Uh, for coach urban Meyer, I think his, you know, his, his decorated record, as I just talked about three times, he's a division uh, FBS national champion, 2006, 2008, 2014, his coaching record, Johnny is, you know, eight hundredths of a, of a point. He's 187 and 32. I mean, that's a massively good record in, in college. And then in bowls and big games in college, 12 and three. So you really like what you see out of urban Meyer as the coach you did talk about, um, him not calling the plays, but he, this is a guy who's been a huge proponent of the run first spread offense. Well, you mentioned the Linehan hire. Linehan is actually an old mentor of urban Myers. When he went to Bowling green, Linehan was the guy who he went to study uh, to see what the spread would look like, which is an offshoot obviously of the West coast offense. And then you talked about the players he's coached before. So what's the track record maybe with quarterbacks, Alex Smith at Utah and one of, and in the, in the year that Alex Smith was the first round number one overall pick. That was a coach that, you know, that was a player that Urban Meyer coached. Uh, you've got Tim Tebow in his Heisman winning year. Um, you've got some of these guys over at Ohio State. Joe Burrow briefly. Jer you talked about Ezekiel Elliott, Paris Campbell, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin. So not just the QB, some of these skill position players, which we love to see for fantasy. Um, I, I'm really excited. It's hard not to be excited. I know we talk a lot in the industry or in the football industry about college coaches translating. I actually think Urban Meyer has one of the best shots to translate in a long time uh, just because of the his record matched with – I think the parent, the marriage is really right here, Johnny. Yeah, I'm really excited right. about this. Yeah, it should be a good one. And I, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm excited. If I'm Jacksonville, I'm excited too. Uh, but Florida people don't really need all that much to be excited about. They're out there going crazy as it is. So would, you, would you be uh, more excited in – let me just ask you this before we move on. Do you would you be more? Are you more excited in uh, in Robinson now uh, because of this hire? Yeah, Robinson. Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm excited about the offense in general. Lavisca Chanel is a guy I'm excited mm -hmm. about. 
Uh, James Robinson, you talked about DJ Shark. Literally get a quarterback in there because they've got some skill position players. And I know Eifert's hurt and dinged up a lot, but that guy could get exciting too if we get a, you know, a decent quarterback in there as well. Um, but I think the biggest thing for Jacksonville, and we'll talk about this with a couple of the other head coaches, is the change of culture. Jacksonville has been a losing franchise for so long. So if really he's not going to call plays on either side of the ball, that means his whole job is culture. His whole job is leadership. And I'm excited about that if I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Well, the New York Jets, despite all their efforts to try and ruin uh, their season and ruin their shot at getting Trevor Lawrence, which they successfully did, they did make a really good hire. I applaud this hire. They hired Robert Sala of the New York, uh, or formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, now coaching the New York Jets. So, Johnny, uh, you know, initial reaction here on on the Robert Sala hire. I really like it that that Jets defense has potential. They've ha- they've picked many uh, defensive players in the first round as of recently. Um, I'm excited that you finally have Sam Darnold out of the way of uh, Adam Gase. So and there are also the the potential rumors that uh, you know Deshaun Watson could be traded to the Jets. Uh, and, and that could be a deal with. Do you see that saga? That that was wild with uh, Deshaun Watson yeah. liking the uh, the tweet or whatever. Um, so that'll be interesting. I do like the fact that they're bringing in Mike Lafleur, who is Matt Lafleur's uh, brother. Matt Lafleur, of course, head coach of. Uh, Travis's favorite team. Cram it in your cram hole. <laughs> exactly. It was funny. I saw another tweet on Twitter. Um, forgive me. I don't remind. I don't remember who who did it, but it was like the Lafleur brothers are doing pretty well. And it was like Matt Lafleur. Uh, then it had Mike Lafleur, and then it had uh, Lafleur from Dodgeball. <laughs> and it was like, all right, that was Peter pretty. LaFleur. Yeah, Peter Lafleur. I was like, that's pretty good. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm. I mean. You have to think he's going to be very similar to how his brother coaches has a you know a similar coaching style. So you definitely well, and it's not just it's not just that he's Matt Lafleur's brother. He's also been within the Kyle Shanahan scheme. So it's yeah. all going to be that same the the Sean McVay style where we're going to do jet sweeps, we're going to do motion, we're going to be multifaceted, and that has to excite you. I love that you brought up Mike Lafleur here as the OC. Yeah, I definitely think that right now, talking about players that, you know, it's January, people might not be thinking as much as about the offseason. I do think that Jeff Wilson is a name to watch out for. I do think that they could bring him over to the Jets. They are looking for a running back. Jeff Wilson looked very good. He knows the system. Um, so he might be a guy you might be able to get right now for, for very cheap or relatively inexpensive. Uh, that could actually end up being a big move uh, looking back next next year uh, and he'll be someone interesting to see uh, do you have a price range of like dynasty pick that you'd be willing to give up for a jeff wilson honestly you might be able to get him for like a third uh just because of the unknown of where he might go and i definitely think he's worth that kind of gamble because yeah the upside's there because if he can capture the starting role look i mean you just talked about it with lafleur even with lafleur though Sala is a defensive guy. He's going to want to have a commitment to the run game. Yeah. So they're going to have the commitment to the run game. You're going to see proven track records of Shanahan, McVay, LaFleur, uh, the older brother, with really good run games. So it's going to be interesting. You, you've hit on a couple things I wanted to just talk about a little bit here, Johnny. You talked about the QB situation with Darnold. 
So we have to watch this carefully. I, I'm not so sure that's what the Jets want to do, but for now, that's what they're showing. They're saying we're going to keep Darnold. We're going to try and commit to him. I think that's good for them. Um, maybe shop that second pick. Maybe get uh, line help. We'll have to see what they do. This is one of the, the situations you're going to have to monitor closely. Monitor because of Jeff Wilson as well. Is he going to end up being the guy? You're going to have to take a look and, and kind of watch that. But I'll tell you right now, if LaFleur gets Darnold going or they somehow make a trade for Deshaun Watson, there's some interesting sneaky talent at the pass catchers here. Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Brashad Perriman, uh, assuming that Perriman and, and Crowder come back, with Denzel Mims, I mean, there's actually some volume to be had here in this offense. And don't forget, I, I hate to be that guy, Chris Herndon. He's a, he's a guy that we've tried to hype up, but it hasn't had the offense do it for him. There's a situation here where this offense makes a, a decent bounce back um, in that division. So I'm excited about the Sala hire. I wouldn't go too far as to say I trust in it because it is the Jets still. Uh, but from one uh, you know non-trustworthy franchise to another, we'll go to the Detroit Lions, Johnny. And they hired... Maybe your lookalike, Dan Campbell. Oh. I mean, he is pretty jacked, so from that standpoint. But, yeah, I don't uh, – other than that, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, let's just give the little bit of rundown because a lot of people probably don't know who Dan Campbell is. Uh, he was drafted in 1999 by the New York Giants, former tight end. He replaced Joe Philbin, uh, one of Travis's former boys uh, for the Green Bay Packers as well, uh, who was the head coach at the time of the Miami Dolphins. Did that after week four? Uh, his he went to a five and second, a five and seven record from then on. Uh, in those twelve games, he, there were seven games where they rushed for a hundred yards or more. That was Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Miller's best year as a running back. Um, and the offensive coordinator during that time was Zach Taylor, who is the, uh, and we all know who Zach Taylor is now, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Always fun to see these coaching trees and where they're weaving out now. Um, and so you really want to see there's no um, – you're spe- there's only speculation as of right now as to who the o- offensive coordinator for Detroit will be. Uh, so I think that's kind of a, a an interesting piece um, for Detroit as far as what we could expect. But Detroit could be in for a long off season. They're saying there are rumors that Matthew Stafford could get traded, um, and then they hired this guy who you know very limited experience and didn't really wow a lot of people. Travis, to be honest with you, when he when he was coaching, but. Um, what do you think about him? What, I mean, I kind of feel bad for Detroit Lions those, uh, fans right now. Yeah, Dan Campbell was kind of the out-of-left-field hire, but I, I'm trying to make a little bit of sense of it. If you guys can't remember Dan Campbell, remember that he looks like South Park's PC principal. I don't know if you guys remember PC principal, but he was all jacked with the with the Oakleys. Uh, and, and that's what Dan Campbell kind of looks like. But this guy actually has some some high up, you know, Johnny, you mentioned coaching tree and the way those branches leaf out or, or what they do there. This guy's got ties to Bill Parcells, Tony Sperano, Sean Payton. He just served as Sean Payton's assistant head coach for a long time. So that tree is a very touted one. You like that. But really, Johnny, what, what this was was a culture change hire. And they just did this with Patricia, I believe. They thought they were going to get a culture change more like the, the Patriots. It didn't end up that way. But here's a guy who uh, you know, definitely probably could get it done. I just want to quote what he said in his, in his, opening, uh, his opening press conference. And honestly, it's pretty good. He's like, this place, because he played a little bit for uh, Detroit. So okay. he, he, he had some time. Play, so when he knew the job came open, he was really itching to get here. 
Um, and he said, this place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And I can give you coach speak all day long. Hey, we're going to win this many games. None of that matters if you don't want to hear it anyways. You've got enough of that shit. Excuse my language. This team is going to take on the identity of this city. This city's been down and it's found a way to come up. It's found a way to overcome adversity. We're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. When you knock us down, we're going to get up. And when we get up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Oh, wow, dude. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. Look, this is the quote I got from his I'm, I'm, Jack. I'm a little motivated I, right I, now, but like. Yeah, dude, like Johnny's ready to go. No, but just to hit it home, and we'll say this about defensive guys all the time. Um, he is a, obviously not a defensive-minded guy, but I think he's going to have it. We saw it in Miami. He's going to have a commitment to the run game. And if you're the – Lions, you saw what DeAndre Swift gave you. You're going to try and lean on that as well. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm not too optimistic. It is the Detroit Lions. Being a Packer fan, I, I know what they're capable of. And yeah, and the other thing I will say before we get like really overly excited about DeAndre, I mean, I'm still excited about DeAndre Swift. Don't get me wrong, but even that year when Lamar Miller had his best season, Travis is there. Is, here's another. I'm going to bring this one back. Live Laugh Ajayi, uh, he was also yeah. there, and he was splitting carries uh, with Lamar Miller as well. So it it was still a two running back kind of system. So, uh, but again, we need to still solve. And I, the... I think that Swift early in his career needs that right now. Mm-hmm. He you know he he got dinged up a little bit. You're going to need a a thunder to the lightning a little bit, yeah. and and we can see his efficiency go through the roof if that's the case. Be a Kamara light, so to speak. And once again, not to just like. Like Dan Campbell spent some time in Sean Payton watching that offense. Sean Payton's always been a run first guy. You could see a commitment to the run here in Detroit. So that should be exciting for those who have uh, Swift and Dynasty or want them in redraft again this year. All right, we're going to move on to the Atlanta Falcons who hired their guy, Arthur Smith, who spent the last two seasons calling plays for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Johnny, I'll let you start a little bit with a little profile on Arthur Smith. And then I wanted to top into what I, what I think this means for fantasy football. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to I want to introduce you guys to you know you find many inspirations out there you, you really do but if if you want to be something you should look no further than looking at the resume of one Arthur Smith cuz when I tell you this you're going to be like wow I can do anything all right well, I'm I'm not trying to put him down. I, this is pretty cool, actually. Uh, so he started back in 2007 as a defensive quality assistant. All right, that's how he started in football, defensive quality assistant. And then you know he spent a couple of years there. And then in 2011, he goes to the Tennessee Titans and he becomes the defensive quality control uh, a coach there. And then he just works his way up. I mean, offensive line, tight ends coach, assistant tight ends coach, tight ends coach, then the offensive coordinator over the last two years. And Travis, what's so impressive is that this guy has taken uh, a quarterback and Ryan Tannehill that, yeah, he showed he was showing flashes. And we all joke about the Adam Gase umbrella and how horrible Adam Gase makes players look. 
But, I mean, he's really made Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill flourish as well as his offense. Uh, you know, specifically, you know, we've talked about the numbers of Ryan Tannehill compared to Pat Mahomes and how they're very comparable. And so I am extremely excited about this because you're looking at he's already come out and said he's going to be calling the plays. You look at the pieces that they have in this offense. They've got Matt Ryan. They've, you know, we know that Atlanta offense, right? Uh, now, it'll be interesting to see if, if Matt Ryan and and um, you know Julio Jones are still there next year. There are rumors that they might get traded. I doubt they do, um, but it, it, I'm excited for this. I really am. I do think. Yeah, this is definitely one of the hires that you could see makes a lot of sense for both sides. <clears throat> so I like what you said there. You, you kind of showcased that, but we've got to look at what Smith has done with the Titans and uh, third in. So look at 2019 when he first started calling plays, third in rushing yards per game, 10th in points per game, 25.1. Tannehill finished as the QB 10 that year in points per game. And that's what he was missing four games that year because uh, Mariota started, right? A.J. Brown finished as the wide receiver nine. You look at 2020, they were third in total offense, Johnny. Ranked higher than the Green Bay Packers this last year. 396.4 total yards per game. Did that burn? 3.7. Did, no, no. Oh, okay. Points per game. So one of us are still in it. So. Uh, 30.7 points per game is the fourth best uh, in the NFL. Tannehill was the QB7 in fantasy with a full year. Henry, Derrick Henry, RB1, A.J. Brown, wide receiver 10. Now, look, here's the thing. Atlanta right now, as it stands, does not have a Derrick Henry. And I think that has been a big part of Arthur Smith's success. But – I will say this, a Matt Ryan, a Julio Jones, and a Calvin Ridley aren't a bad swap either. And so if you get Arthur Smith to really dial it in and get simbatico, so to speak, with Matt Ryan, you're going to have a situation that's going to be very nice for fantasy football. So I am excited about this. We'll have to see what they do at running back position. That's what I'm probably most intrigued on. Let me let me ask you this, um, because I, I uh, our paths have met in a very similar fashion. Um, we're... I fully expect Atlanta to draft a running back. Najee, if Najee Harris goes there or, you know, uh, one of these other top running backs. Are, a, third, fourth round redraft? Where is that? Yeah, where? somewhere somewhere around there. But you can you could also make a case, depending on what happens with the other guys on the roster and what Arthur Smith says. I mean, look at the volume Derrick Henry got. Look at the, I mean, I know it's Derrick Henry. But, like, let's talk about Arthur Smith being multifaceted because he can marry so much to the run. I, I know it's Derrick Henry, but this guy didn't give a lot of snaps to the backups at all. And so, for me, I think you, you could push second round if the, if the marriage is right, depending on the rookie running back. We'll have to see how it shakes out, their health, the, the prototype for the running back. Um, but, yeah, I think third and fourth round would be safe if it's one of these bigger-named running backs that they get. Well, one of the smaller names in the head coaching circle, What this was really a surprise hire for me. You know, Johnny, you were talking about the, the Dan Campbell, or no, I'm sorry, the Arthur Smith resume. Brandon Staley's resume is probably smaller, and he got hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I would say I was shocked by the hire, but it is the Chargers. I, I feel like they could have hired anyone at this point. Um, there's somebody in, in Washington, D.C. who's out of a job now. Who knows? Maybe he could have got a call, but... Literally, Brandon Staley is the and, – and if you don't know who this is, I don't blame you. Uh, no, he was the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams last year, which they had some historic numbers. They were the number one defense in the NFL last year, so you understand 
maybe why they wanted to catch this. But Johnny, once again, another Sean McVay barely touched Sean McVay, smelled his uh, his cologne, was at his house one time, uh, used to cut his lawn. Guy that gets hired. Yeah, and then what's? He, I mean, this is great. Um, well, I, we'll see if it's great. But what's what's <laughs> the most comical about this is because you you talked about and alluded to the fact that he doesn't have like a long. Uh, history, uh, you know, coaching, being around coaches and stuff like that. And so what he did was he he's a defensive guy. So he asked the Rams if he could uh, interview the Rams offensive coach assistant, Kevin O'Connell, and the Rams blocked it. And they said, no. It's yeah, a no it's go. Smart. It, it is smart, but it's like, oh, man, you, it's a little brutal. It's a, he's like – Just imagine seeing – you see the brass for the Chargers and the Rams like passing each other in the hallway at SoFi Stadium, like glaring at each other. Yep. It's like, no way I'm giving you him. Yeah, like you already jumped boat. I'm not giving you another player here. Um, exactly. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who they uh, end up hiring as the offensive coordinator there. Uh, as far as uh, say I'm I, I do think, uh, you know, the Chargers have a history of – of kind of hiring defensive-minded head coaches. So, um, and the fact that now with them blocking Kevin O'Connell, now things can change. Uh, they said that you know the Rams could change their mind. Uh, I I would doubt it. Uh, but as of right now, there's there, it's looking like they're going to retain the offensive coordinator from last year, Shane. Uh, St- Steichen. I I don't know if I said that right. Uh, and that seems to be. And and uh, and then the quarterback coach as well, uh, Pep Hamilton. So that is good for you know uh, guys that you might be uh, looking at for this offense because it, it shouldn't miss a beat. Uh, even though there is a new coach, uh, they might just get a little bit more conservative on calls. Um, but I think you know Austin Eckler. This is good for him. Uh, and you know you you looked at what Sean McVay kind of did on offense as well. He might try to implement. A little bit of that which is good um he tended to go or like to go with kind of a one running back kind of approach so i i think this is a really good move for austin eckler that benefits him the most and yeah, this is kind of a strange one on the surface you look at it you're like why did they do this they were young and they're a coaching hire but usually it's been these young offensive guys i mean you look at staley he's only had one year last year above an assistant rank so this was he only had one year as a defensive coordinator and he had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So that helps a lot. I mean, you do have Bosa and... You do have Bosa, right, and some of these other pieces within the Chargers. So I really like that they did this because if they're saying that Herbert is the most important thing to the franchise, why not really button down the defense that could help assist Herbert in his development? So I like that hire for that sake. Plus, you look at what Staley's done in his assistant time. This is a Vic Fangio disciple. He spent among some of the greatest defensive minds and teams over the last three years, Chicago, Denver, LA are where he spent some of his time. Those are some good teams to model your defenses after. So really like what they did there. Don't know what to expect. Not a hire that I saw coming here. We'll need to see who his OC ends up being. You know, you said it, maybe the guys they retained from last year, but I did like what you said there. Herbert's development. I like also Eckler's contract plus Eckler's style of running. This should be really good for Eckler this year little bit more confident, I'd say, even in Eckler than I was going into last year because we just didn't know what we had out of Herbert in the offense. All right, so our last two spots here are the Houston Texans. Uh, we won't spend too much time, and the Philadelphia Eagles, we won't spend too much time on these guys, Johnny. 
just because we don't know who it's going to be. Um, Houston, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about here. So much uncertainty swirling around them with Deshaun Watson, who may be on his last leg uh, there with them as, as far as trusting ownership. Um, and so, so far, the Houston Texans have, you know, really interviewed a lot of people. But I think the big names to watch here for the Texans are Bienemy, Eric Bienemy from Kansas City, who they finally interviewed after getting called out in the media by Deshaun Watson. And then Josh McDaniels of New England. Um, I think the best fit is Bienemy. Johnny, if, if you're the Houston Texans, you need to hire him. You need to keep Watson, hopefully. Uh, this plays to your team's strength, too, because your strength is the offense. As, 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 much, as weird as that sounds, because it's not the best offense, you have Deshaun Watson. You have a couple pieces in the wide receiving core. Um, you have some things. You still have David Johnson. He could have one more year, uh, two more years with you there. You like that. And then if you look at the more – if you're looking at Biennemi versus McDaniels, the Reed tree versus the Belichick tree looks a lot better right now. Yeah. Reed's tree is, as assistants that have gone on to, to coach well, it looks a lot better. And so I would be uh, more excited about Biennemi than Josh McDaniels. I do agree uh, that I think that Biennemi would be excellent. I do think Josh McDaniels as well uh, would be intriguing for the fact that, I mean, he took Tim Tebow and made it to the playoffs there. Um now, does that make you super, super excited to, uh, you know, pick him as your head coach? Probably not. But I mean, he, he's got a lot of experience. He's played it with I Tom love Brady. That if we're if we're selling if we're selling Josh McDaniels in the board meeting, you're like, but Tim Tebow, yeah, he t- took Tim Tebow. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you can take Tim Tebow to the playoffs, you you can do a lot. Um, you know, you're no Adam Gase. All right, I'll tell you that. All right. Yeah. Um, but again, I. It's just unfortunate because if I'm a head coach and I'm just putting on my, you know, fantasy football GM quarterback, you know, Monday quarterback, you know, chair, whatever they call it uh, these days, uh, I don't want this position. There's you got a, a, a yes, a very nice, you know, Deshaun Watson top five quarterback in the league, but he's extremely unhappy and he's already made it known that unless my name is the enemy, uh, then I, he's not going to be happy with me. And then, uh, you know, you don't have draft picks because Bill O'Brien sent them all to other teams. And so, and then their draft, you know, their their cap space isn't, uh, I don't know exactly where they land as of right now, but I, I don't believe they have a tremendous high cap space. So it's just, it's not very appealing, unfortunately. But if they give the enemy like, all right, we're going to give you five years to turn this around because we gave Bill O'Brien that long. Um, then I think that he could eventually turn this around and get Deshaun Watson back on board if he's the head coach. I think from a Houston Texans standpoint, Travis, uh, their only option basically looks like the enemy. Yeah, well, and if it's not the enemy, maybe you do give either whoever it is the extended amount of time, and you trade Watson, and you just try to get a king's ransom for Watson, and really commit to the to the uh, to the rebuild here. I think that's your. I think the enemy is the short term and long term best fit because you get him in there, he could keep Watson happy. You could turn this around slowly with Watson trying to turn that around. But if you're going to sail on Watson, it really doesn't matter as long as you get a guy like McDaniels or Bienemy that you think can carry an offense for this amount of time. I think if you're a David, Philadelphia, I, I'm sorry to cut you. I think if you're a David Johnson uh, roster, like you're really crossing your fingers for Bienemy because he would he would keep yeah. him really relevant. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Uh, Philadelphia Eagles are the next and final open uh, coaching position, head coaching position. They've interviewed Biennemi as well, Josh McDaniels, but also Kellen Moore. And so, Johnny, I'm actually going to make a case for Kellen Moore being the best fit here for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that if you look at the spread offense that he's ran in Dallas, the numbers that he's put over since he called plays last year and the year before, they're good numbers. I mean, and I know that they've had a loaded roster for quite some time, but Kellen Moore has done his job as a former quarterback and really just seeing the field. And if I'm, you know, if I'm Philly and I'm, my job is to fix Carson Wentz because I'm keeping him, I would go with Kellen Moore. This is this also hurts a divisional rival. You take Kellen Moore from the Dallas Cowboys and you look at keeping and fi- fixing Carson Wentz because that all that money's on the book. Give me Kellen Moore, and I think you could actually keep Jim Schwartz if he's there still for the defense. He's done a great job over the last few years with that defense. So I think Kellen Moore makes a lot of sense to me here. I really like that pick. I, I think that if he were to come to this offense, you could see this offense really – come alive because it'll shorten up the passes uh for for Wentz uh they'll get a couple more wide receivers in there that aren't you know these older guys um and I think that you know and then it's also nice that you do have the backup there uh and Hurts that if if something does who I mean Hurt who's more comparable to to Dak than Hurts right now you know I mean Right. You could say he's a lot like Russell Wilson. Okay, I'll give you that comp as well. But, I mean, Dak and him have a lot of similarities uh, to me. And so uh, I think that if you get – Dak and him have similarities to you? No, I wish. You, are you saying your comp, your comp is Dak Prescott, dude? I, that would be pretty – I no, I'm not saying that, but <laughs> I would love it if that my comp was, I know. Uh, was him. But – I, I think that if you get a guy like Kellen Moore, and like you said, I think one of the biggest undermining thing is that you're taking a divisional head coach that knows a lot about a team, and you're now you now have him on your coaching staff. I think that that's a really big move in a game where you're always trying to find even the slightest advantage uh, to help you win a a, a week of a game. You know, so I I think that's a great move there. Yeah, Biennemi for Houston, Kellen Moore for Philly. I think those are the best options for fantasy football as well. And so I think those will be the best options to get those skilled players some more points. We want to know what you think, Whisper Nation. Make sure you comment below or on any social media platform who you think the coaching hire of the year is going to be, who will make the most fantasy football impact. As always, you can find us on Twitter at TF Whispers and on all social media platforms by searching the Fantasy Whispers. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers.